Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick. I almost said welcome once again to Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, this is the show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noldenine, also known as two people who know nothing about anything, <laughs> come together <laughs> to give you fake ideas over real topics on how not to get rich as quickly as possible. Oh, that's not what we do. <laughs> we have real ideas. They are real ideas. On how to get rich. Right. Yes. Yes. Two guys who have never done anything in their lives. <laughs> okay, that might be true. <laughs> uh, to get rich or actioned any idea uh-huh. on how to get rich ever are going to tell you yeah. how to do it. How to do it. And uh, we don't ask for anything up front. No. These ideas are yours for the taking. Yeah. Because in reality, yeah, if we could get rich off of them, we would just give them to you, <laughs> allow you to get rich, we and then once you are. Someone asked me uh-huh. when I told them about the show. Yeah. There was not someone who listened to the show, and I don't know if they ever listened to the show okay. after I told them about it. All right. So it's secret time, guys. <clears throat> uh, when they heard I had a podcast, they said, what's it about? I said, it's about getting rich quick. Uh-huh. And they said... Uh, I don't remember what they said. <laughs> okay, all right. It was That's just a... in my head, and it left. Okay. Anyway, um, I'd like to, uh, yeah, so we don't ask for any money up front. No. We give it to you. You take it. You action it, because yeah. we're lazy. We're lazy. And useless. Yeah. And uh, uh, you get ridiculously rich. Yeah. And then, when you're ridiculously rich. Yeah, that's right. You remember where these ideas came from, who got you so rich, how this all came to be. And you tithe this. Give us 10% of everything you made. That's right. That's it. That's the deal, guys. Yep. Yo. That's it. That's it. You've been warned. That's the world that we live in. That's right. Don't make us come after you. Nope. Because we'll take you out. Yeah. At the knees. The knees. And then higher. And then, yeah. Like a deli yeah. slicer. We'll work our way up. Mm-hmm. Till you're just pulp. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, I haven't seen you in. Uh, it feels like forever. It does, but it's only been about a week. It's only been a week. But I was thinking about you mm-hmm. because Deb and I were talking about so many. Deb and I met uh-huh. uh at a bar that we both worked at. Yeah, called the Barrow Street Ale House, which still exists but under completely different management. Okay. We worked there for many years. It was a pretty divey little bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone was always drunk there all the time. <clears throat> and we were just reminiscing okay. about our time at the alehouse. And Deb reminded me of the story 
that uh, always made me chuckle, and I thought of you. <laughs> All right. Um, because she was in the ladies' room, uh-huh. and uh, she was washing up uh, during her shift. And there's this girl who's clearly wasted in the bath, in the toilet stall. Okay. Or I guess in women's rooms, it's all toilet stalls. It's, it's all. All it's, stall yeah. all the time. Right. And uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, the woman was just like blathering, would not shut the fuck up. And at one point, <laughs> Deb suddenly just hears her go, Corn? <laughs> when did I eat corn? <laughs> And then Deb left the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. But it made me think of you. Thanks. Because Uh you had asked me. Yes. uh, The last time I saw you. Okay. Upstairs. That if there was a human centipede. Yes. This is a a, a good. I hope we have some crack researchers out there. Yeah. I think this is a good question. Uh It's something to really ponder. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. If there was a human centipede from the first movie, so only three people. Okay, was that what? Did they just get bigger? Oh, movie they get by bigger. Movie? By the last one, there's like a hundred people. <clears throat> I couldn't watch any of. I like they. I never watched any of them. Oh no, like, it's pretty good. The night, yeah, okay. I can't like it, those... it. The human centipede is not as gross as it seems. It would be. It's actually more more in common with old horror movies of like mad scientists. It's more of a mad scientist movie. Yeah, I just never liked horror movies. Period. Okay, all right then. And you, for you some buy. reason, it sounded like it was a little more like uh, uh, the Eli Roth Hostel movies. It seems like that, but yeah, it's not. It's not no. okay. Because I saw like ten minutes of the Hostel movies, and I was like, I hate everything about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need that kind of thing. Um, but the question, Noel, that you posed, yes. Was if there was a human centipede. Yes. And as you said, three people. Yeah. You didn't say like hundreds of people. Would the corn make it all the way through intact? That's right. I thought that was an interesting question. I also, you know, I don't know if this question was answered in the human centipede, but I feel like. I don't even think the corn question was addressed. No, 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 not the corn question, but I was going to add on. Okay. To the idea that if your whole subsistence Uh is eating shit. Okay. How long are you going to survive? Well, that's kind of come. That does get addressed. In it that. does. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, People do worse the further back they are. But it turns out that this story, yeah, which was pertinent mm-hmm. to conversations that we've had, yeah, feeds right into our subject mm-hmm. this week. Our topic. Our topic. Shall we say we should? Uh, <clears throat> which is. Produce. That's right. Produce, guys. How to get rich with it. How to grow your way into the top. And I, and as a side note, yeah. Uh, uh, for whoever was involved in the production uh-huh. of the movie Venom, okay, you should never work in film again. Why? Worst fucking movie I've seen in years. Really? So bad. Really? Dude. So bad. I I had heard okay things. Who about did it. you hear from? Who, just I, the buzz on the webs. Really? Yeah. I had heard nothing about it, but I was just sort of like, I like Tom Hardy. Uh-huh. I like Riz Ahmed. You know, I like Michelle Williams. It's interesting that these guys are doing like a full on Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. But you know, that's cool. 
Oh, was it bad? Okay. It's a given. I realize that if you see a script yeah. that has three writers credited for the script, mm-hmm. that means it has also passed through another 12 or 14 hands. Okay. And boy, does it show. All right. What a piece of shit. And I'm getting a little tired. I have to say this. All I'm right. going to tag this onto it. Okay. I'm getting a little tired of British actors yeah. playing Americans yeah. and doing bad American accents. Okay. Um. And, you know, I also want to add to this. This is oh. something I'm really curious <laughs> All about. All right, okay. We got Josh on fire, guys. I'm, I'm a little curious about this. It took a little, little starting at the beginning, and <clears throat> then once he got rolling. Given the nature of the times, yeah. right, and you're seeing a, a great deal of films being made uh, with black leads. Yeah. Um, why is it that there are so many British, black British actors playing all these roles um, nowadays. Well, is there a dearth of uh, black American actors that can play? And particularly the other thing is like iconic mm-hmm. uh, 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 biographical black roles. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, Oh, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. jr. For instance, that was played by a, a, a British guy. Okay. Which I just thought was strange. I don't know. If I were a black actor in America, being like, "Okay, this is my time." Yeah, like we're I'm finally the representation is there. the The industry is opening up for me now. Is going to be my break, and suddenly all these roles are being taken by uh, 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 British people. I'd be a little miffed. We we should start a Twitter outrage machine aimed at Yank Face. What's Yank Face? British people pretending to be American. Oh, <laughs> did you make that up or yeah. is that a thing? No, I just made it up. I like that. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Yes, we absolutely should. Take the power back. If I uh, actually knew how to use Twitter, uh-huh. I would totally start a hashtag Yankface campaign. <laughs> but I don't. No. I don't know how to use Twitter. Sometimes I say mean things to Donald Trump. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I love you? it when you do. <laughs> I do it. I do it more often than not, but quite often, no one even likes it. Well, well, when I see when I've seen it, I like it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I got blocked because I was particularly <laughs> crude a couple times, and I, I don't know it. if a lot of people, uh, 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 like even the people that follow me, see my my posts anymore. Uh-huh. Mostly my, or the my FBI comments. does probably probably. But all I'm saying is, you know, choke on a dick shit bag and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> You know, I'm just sticking to uh, topics. Yeah. You know, I'm sticking to yeah. uh, but whatever. Anyway, Noel anyway. Deneen, produce. Produce, guys. How are we going to get rich with it? I will tell Hashtag you. yank face. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, maybe the wall we need to build is uh, in the middle of the Atlantic. Maybe. That's all yeah. I'm saying. We need a, our own Brexit. That's right. Yeah. Not just for Brexit anymore. That was terrible. That's pretty good. No, it was uh, pretty <laughs> you guys produce. Oh, you know what? I just mm-hmm. want to say one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Go just ahead. so our listeners out there know. Okay. We've received a vote. We we have received a vote in in our ongoing saga. Uh huh. Is Josh or is Josh not a bad person? Which you've asked the audience to weigh in so far, one hundred percent, saying no. That uh, Josh is not bad. Not a bad person. Yep. So hundred percent so far. So 
anytime Noel says that I'm bad, you can pretty much be guaranteed yeah. that I'm not. Yeah, we can point to the polls. But, you know, other people can vote. It's an open voting system here. It is an open voting it's system. It's not like uh, November 6th. No. We, we're open-ended. Yeah. You can vote all the time. And multiple times. You can vote multiple times. Yep. Anyway. That's right. You guys produce. <laughs> <laughs> I want to interrupt you again, but no. I can't think of anything else. Uh, we are witnessing the dawn of the golden golden age of produce, golden. right? Golden. <laughs> golden. Uh, like it or not, corporate farms are taking over. Giant farms... Better seeds, better irrigation, better pest control, all make for a lot more produce. Right? Practices, uh, this is not just happening in the U.S. They're spreading globally. Computerized distribution channels and faster and better transportation, like better fridge cars or whatever they have, right? Whatever. All this equals more and more fresh food showing up in our stores. Because of this, we're eating more fresh foods and a larger variety of them than ever before. Not just potatoes, onions, and apples, which lasts a long time. We're eating stuff in the middle of winter that is delicate, you know, and comes from nowhere near us. You're delicate. I am delicate. And you're from nowhere near us as well. <laughs> uh, but because these giant farms can produce such large quantities of food and then get distributed so far, so fast, when something goes wrong, the damage is a lot more than it used to be, right? Mm. E. coli outbreaks are surging. Not just because of corn. I think it has nothing to do with corn. It probably doesn't. Vote's still out. The Center for Disease Control, they say that leafy greens now cause one-fifth of all foodborne illness. Fruits and vegetables now poison more Americans than beef and chicken combined. Right? All these people that are scared of eating hamburger, Mm -hmm. they should be scared of the lettuce on that burger. That's right. Right, that uh, you're way more likely to get taken down in your prime eating lettuce. <clears throat> Scale's not the only issue here, right? Uh, also, because there's so many fruits and vegetables are eaten raw, we don't cook the disease out, right? So you can get uh, some tainted meat. You cook it, boom. You cook the taint out of that thing. Did you really just say you cook the taint you out cook of that the thing? Taint, Yeah, cook the taint uh -huh. out, right? Uh-huh. But you're eating raw v fruits and vegetables. All the time. All the time. I'll tell you, uh -huh. when we were in uh, when we were in Morocco. Okay. Uh, in Tangier, we were warned mm -hmm. by the people who lent us their home, don't eat anything raw. Okay. Because the water... It's tainted. Your, yeah. your body's not accustomed to it, just like going to Mexico or anything like that. Uh, so everything we ate, we bought beautiful fresh vegetables and everything like that. We cooked, we cooked, we cooked. The one thing we bought that was not cooked, cooked was a melon. Okay. And we figured the rind on it was 
good enough. Uh-huh. Deb ate it and had the Hershey squirts for an entire day. Like bad? Yeah, like, like no. Like pains like, and like couldn't pains. get out of the toilet? Like, let me put it this way. <clears throat> it kicked in while we were going to this mountain village, mm-hmm. uh, driving to this mountain village in a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, there were no, no such thing as a public toilet. And what they allowed us to use, what we were able to finally use, because she was going to shit her pants, mm-hmm. was a hole in the ground with a hose mm-hmm. <laughs> that you use to just spray everything down afterwards. Okay. And she did not leave that room for 20 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. And then she got out, and it was like it was constant to the point where we had to just sit in a cafe uh-huh. and order mint tea, and so she was always near a bathroom. Okay, and we basically finally got her some emodium, and it, it sort of at least helped that end of it. All right. But for a day and a half, she Ooh. was wrecked, and that was because of that little bit of food that she ate yeah. raw. Okay, vegetable. She All ate right, raw. so you guys see where I'm going with this, right? Uh. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has urged fruit and vegetable industries to adopt food and safety plans similar to the meat industry. And thus was born the produce traceability industry. Mm. Right? So uh, they're tracing items through various stages of production, manufacturing, processing, handling, transportation, sales, and consumption. Still not the law that they have to do it, but the industry is all on it, right? They're mm-hmm. they're embracing it. Uh, it mitigates mm-hmm. the impact of outbreaks, protects reputation, et cetera, right? So say there is a, a E. coli outbreak in Brussels sprouts. If okay. you're using this traceability, <clears throat> you can just say, you know, if you've bought these brands in the past few days, watch out. Or something like mm-hmm. that. You don't have to say, like they used to, throw out all your Brussels sprouts. Right. Don't buy Brussels sprouts, anyone. Mm-hmm. They don't They don't have to do that anymore. So it's, it's good for the industry, this traceability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's groups in Washington, D.C., that are working to make this a law so that everyone will have to do it. You know, the little guys who aren't embracing it. Wasn't there a plan to irradiate? At one point there was. All meats and vegetables to try yeah. to kill everything? Yeah, but at one Which, point of course, would kill anything good in it as well. You know what? At work. I, I don't really drink the work coffee because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a coffee snob. <laughs> but uh, we get our milk for the coffee in the mail. Uh-huh. And it's boxes of milk that are shelf stable, and it says it's fresh milk, not like reconstituted from powder. Yeah, that's powder. been around for a while. These shelf stable milks, I think it has to do with the packaging, and not. It's like twenty years or something like that. Yeah, I think it has to do with the packaging, though. I don't think it's like it's irradiated or something like that. This is something that uh, I remember when the shelf stable milk thing became a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been so probably it's fine about, milk. It's fine. There's th- nothing tricky I, going on. I think so. You can look it up. I, I I don't specifically remember. I remember seeing it suddenly on the shelves like uh-huh. ten years ago. It seems so tricky. It's apparently a thing that's been in Europe for way longer than it's been here. Okay. Um, and I I'm 
almost a hundred percent sure it has to do with uh, the packaging. All right, because it's in those like they're in those boxes. Yeah. that are lined, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a combination of the packaging, and I'm sure the pasteurization process. But I don't believe that it's irradiated. I think okay. I looked it up. I mean, I'm skeptical about it myself because mm-hmm. it's just the idea of shelf stable milk is mm-hmm. crazy to me. But you know, what do I know? We're the same country that uh, that uh, uh, feels it's absolutely necessary to keep eggs in the refrigerator, and no other country does that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. Anyway, guys. Uh, so the biggest way they're doing this traceability right now is uh, stickers with barcodes and. Uh, RFID tags on packages, right? And then mm-hmm. computers can track the source, process, what batch it was added to, if it was put in as an ingredient in another product, et cetera, right? It's got to be a better way. I thought I'd come up with a better way. I bet you will. So what I thought about was uh, cut flowers, right? You get these crazy colors. Lots of flowers you see are not made the way they are by nature. They add dyes via osmosis Mm -hmm. to change the colors. I looked up something about the RFID. I I just Googled this one as a a just thrown out of line. Mm -hmm. I Googled RFID nanotechnology. Mm -hmm. They have RFID tags microscopic now and this was from an article from 2005 right so what we're going to do what you're going to do is you are going to get tiny minuscule microscopic rfid chips you're going to code them all differently so you can tell super granularly where this came from granularly Super what? Granularly. What is granularly? Granularly. <laughs> uh, uh, and you're, sometimes you sound smart, and then you do that, <laughs> and it just is like, well, you just wait now. Then, uh, <laughs> so you are gonna have these plants absorb the RFID chips through osmosis. Granularly. Well, no, the the data on it. Is. Oh, is granularly. Yeah, so you can tell what row in the farm it came right. from. I see right? what you mean by granularly. Yeah, granular. Uh huh. Come on, buddy. Uh, I'll try to talk real slow for yeah, you. Yeah, please. It may help with your pronunciation. <laughs> uh, and so the plants are going to absorb these chips. Each head of lettuce, etc will be identifiable all the way through the food chain. It will be in any food the vegetable was used as an ingredient, right? You take some onion and you add it to some Campbell soup. Mm -hmm. You can tell which soup has that tainted onion in it. Oh, my. Right? All the way down. Amazing. Yeah. Um, And you have this technology in place already. It's all this technology exists. exists. Yeah. Okay. So you got no ugly sticker. Mm-hmm. Your foods come looking more natural than ever before. A lot of money, but mm. not enough money. So we're gonna do the old double dip. 
Uh, which we, we haven't do done in a while. You know I like a good double dip. This dude likes a double dip. Little DP. You're going to like this one. So, just like these uh, tags, you put them in the chunky soup. You can tell which onion was in that chunky mm-hmm. soup. But when you eat them, they're in you. Right? Mm-hmm. And we got RFID readers everywhere. Yeah. Right? So just like marketers pay huge mm. money for online activity, find out what websites you've been to, what you've been looking at on the internet, you are going to be able to sell data about what these people do, what <gasps> stores they physically oh, go into, go. Yeah. where they travel around the city, everything you can give crazy amount of data you can sell to marketers Aren't about they the people shit these things out of their body though they will yes but the, they're constantly putting more mm. in right i understand but i guess my question is in terms of tracking bad foods mm-hmm. um by the time everyone eats it and the 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 idea of that this well, the batch tracking is bad is before you eat it right but in terms of figuring out that this batch is bad uh-huh. right that yeah. someone's getting poisoned yeah and you sort of, I'm assuming you know this because they eat this thing, they get sick. Yeah. It tracks it. Yeah. Right? But by the if they're getting sick and throwing up and shitting all over the place, it's going to be out of their systems and flush down the toilet before you can say boo. I, I don't get what you're saying. Well, How ha- do you think trackability works today? You're saying it's untrackable. Well, what I'm saying is it's not going to be able to track who purchased the item. Sure. How? Because they probably didn't eat all of it. Right? You buy a head of lettuce, you make a salad, you have a half a head of lettuce. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I'll get all right, I'll give you that. I was thinking in terms, I guess, in terms of like I just cause you use the example of the onion in the Campbell's soup. Okay. So, well but yeah, you're right. I gotcha. So it'll be all throughout but the even head that, of lettuce. People start getting sick, they realize, oh, it's the onion. Uh, and then they can track it back everywhere the, this batch of onions has been. Right? It's in this vat of soup. Yeah, gotcha. It's in this vat of soup. It's also uh, in this frozen onion rings. And it's also Noldenine's colon. All my colon. Yeah. Anyway, right. guys, a lot of money. A lot of money, guys. A lot of money. That's a pretty good idea. So I looked it up. Uh, it, Shelf-stable milk is ultra-pasteurized. Okay. So standard pasteurization is uh, 170 degrees Fahrenheit for uh, for uh, like 20 or 30 seconds. The shelf-stable milk is 284 degrees Fahrenheit for uh, like 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. So it just kills everything. So there's nothing in it left. Basically, it just kills all the bacteria in it, which of course means that there's really no... I imagine when you cook it that high for that long... That there's nothing redeeming about yeah. it whatsoever. It's water soluble fat that yeah. tastes like milk. Exactly. Exactly. But it's got a twenty year shelf life. Yeah. Um so here's an idea, Noel. All right. That's what we're here for. We were talking about corn. Yeah. How it passes to the body. Yeah. And we're coming up on Halloween. We are. And what is the thing? that is always given out on Halloween that is never eaten any other time of the year and should never be eaten any ever because it's just... Oh, are you a fan of that shit? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. 
Why? Candy corn, I love it. Why? I just like it. What about it? It doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, it does. It just tastes like sugar. I like it. <laughs> I understand you like it. I'm trying to understand why. It, it tastes like stuff. I mean, it's a texture thing, I think. Maybe. I, I always found it super waxy because it's so grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never understood why they call it corn. Because it's corn-shaped. No, no, it's not. All right. Anyway, so I was like, fucking candy corn, nothing about it's corn, and it's disgusting. Okay. So this is what I was thinking. I was looking up, why can't they make candy corn with real corn? Okay. Right? It probably has corn syrup in it. Well, that's possible, mm-hmm. and we can continue that trend if you want. Okay. But no, I was thinking better. All right. How come we're not seeing artisanal candy corn? Uh. So this was my thought. So I looked up, why... Don't we digest corn? Okay. And it turns out we do digest corn. What we see that passes through our bodies Uh is just the fibrous shell of the corn kernel. Well, they're also the corns that never got bit. No, it's not. Our body break, our enzymes get into that and they Uh eat out, essentially eat out, take in all of the nutrients of the corn through sort of the bottom part of it. If you're eating a corn kernel, for instance, a cut corn kernel. Okay. And mostly what's coming out is just the an empty shell okay. of the corn. So All right. we've talked about the civet cats and the coffee that's produced yes. from their turds. Yes. Right? They eat the berries, they shit the berries out, the berries are collected, and it's the greatest coffee in the face of the universe. Yeah. You start collecting the empty corn kernel husks from people's shit and filling it with handmade candy gels. Mm-hmm. And you sell it as artisanal candy corn Okay, on, the, on Halloween. Okay. Eventually, people are like, why am I just eating this on Halloween? You're going to be charging a fortune for it. The civet coffee is like a fucking ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. You'll have these like corn kernel farms where you have poor children just shoving corn down their throats, mm-hmm. whole kernel corn down their throats, and they're just shitting it out and picking through it and shitting it out and picking through it. Okay. And then you're cleaning it out and filling it with candy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm going to make you a billion dollars. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds like it's a lot of money happening so far in this episode. Yeah. Produce, man. That's right. Produce, guys. Ah, man, oh, man, oh, man. If you want to reach out and give Josh some coin for that one, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page, hit the sponsor button, Uh pledge an amount, half that money goes to Josh and I, half that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn, and you are a good, 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 good person. If you don't want to give Josh and I any money, you don't have to. No one's forcing you to. You can go to RayFreeBrooklyn.com, hit the pledge button, pledge an amount, one time, reoccurring, whatever you want to do. All the money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn, lets them do things like their uh, teens take the mic program, right? After school program they're putting for teens, teach them all about how to make radio, how to be media savvy. Got some funding for it, but we don't have enough, so you can help fund that. You get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3 charitable organization. You can go, you can download, no matter what kind of phone you have. We got an app for it, Radio Free Brooklyn app. 
You can play. Wait a second. What? We have an app? <laughs> oh, Josh. Waka waka. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're hitting this one out of the park today, I'm telling you. Uh, so you can get the app. You, you can uh, sign up for the newsletter, Radio Free Brooklyn. What a great name. Yeah. I, I wish I knew who came up with that. Genius. I don't know, but they are funny. Yeah. And smart. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I imagine the person who came up with it originally said, really, Alidio Brooklyn? Yeah. But eventually it was figured out that they meant radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're proud sponsors of the Ecuadorian Film Festival, guys. By the time this airs, it's already underway. Right? Uh but what, you can go. What are it, the dates? Do you know the dates? Yeah, it's the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth of October. Of October, then I think it's the second and third and fourth of November. By, by the time this airs, it will not have. Uh, it's going to have started. Yeah, this airs. Uh, this is airing on Saturday. Oh, right? you're right, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a week ahead in my mind? Uh, you guys, go. <laughs> go. Right? Look it up online. It's everywhere. It's great. I've actually seen a few of the films. They're great. Wow. How did you get in so early? Uh, you know, I got ins. Okay. Um, and uh, in case you're worried, say, hey, no habla espanol, senor. No problemo. All films are subtitled. Wow, you just stopped speaking in Spanish after that point. That's huh? right. Because uh-huh. uh, they're all subtitled. Oh, subtitulo. Subtitled. Yep. <laughs> we appreciate you guys so much. How much? So much that one topic's not enough to, to say thank you. Wow. We really appreciate that. We really do. So times like these, we wonder how can we express it? How can we let you guys know how loved you are? I mean, we put in all this work. All this work. On the single topic. On the single topic. And on top of that, yeah. we say, no, we've got, we're going to do more. It's nuts. It's nuts. That's incredible. It, that's incredible. I guess we could do less work. No, we got to do more. Oh, even more. Always more, 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 more. So here's another little way to get rich. Josh, take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week. Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. A lot of people allow their money to control their lives. They allow their money to control where they live, what they do, how they think, how they plan. You cannot allow yourself to be limited by finances. It's just paper. It's just cotton. You can't allow that paper to tell you how to make life decisions. So don't let your money tell you what to do. Tell your money what to do. If you're looking at a hat that's $20 and you say to yourself you can't afford it or it's too expensive, then you're always gonna think that way. But you gotta tell your money what to do. Look, I want that hat. I must have that hat. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to buy that hat. Yeah, like go $20 in debt apparently is what he's saying. Yeah. He followed that up with a story Uh that was just too long about how when he finally moved out of his parents' house when he was in his early 20s, <clears throat> the apartment he wanted, he couldn't afford, but he didn't care. He went and got that apartment anyway. 
and I was just like, who did your credit check? Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so there you go, guys. Don't let your money dictate your living situation. No. You be the boss. You be the boss of your money. Yeah. You say money? How dare you say I don't have enough to afford that thing? That's right. I'm going to get it anyway. That's what plastic is for. Yeah. Yeah. The genius of Daniel Alley. The genius of Daniel Alley, guys. Incredible. You're, 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 you're lucky you're listening tonight. I really wish Daniel Alley would come on the show. I know. Dan, come on. I mean, because if there's ever a dude yeah. who uh, knows about getting rich quickly. Yeah. And I'd love to get his input on our ideas. We We could even like have a section of the show where he can just rap. Oh, that would be heavy. We just throw out a suggestion, and he raps on how to get rich. Yeah, just freestyles. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be amazing. And I don't know if he needs us, per se. Yeah. I mean, he does have over 100,000 YouTube subscribers <laughs> at this point. How is this possible? I don't know, man. It befuddles me. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, anyway. Produce, no. Produce, how are we going to get rich with how it? How are you going to get rich with it? Um, well, not a, you, per se. Not me. Well, I am, by <clears throat> the trickle-down effect, going to get rich. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I I thought about it, right? And I'm just like, what do? You, how do you sex it up, right? How do, you, how do we make produce sexier and up the price? Put it on your penis or in a vagina. That's not what I mean. Oh. That's not what I mean. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Put it in a hot negligee. I mean, how do we make it seem like a premium product that we can charge oh, extra oh. for? Uh, and people it, happily pay. Say, grown in Brooklyn. We, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could do that. Um, you know, I've thought about packaging branding etc to make produce more of a high value item but the thing is the most valued produce is where there's less packaging and branding right we want to see mother earth mother nature shining out at us not some man-made crap i thought about when you go and you buy now the tomatoes on the vine. Yeah. Right? That's a thing they do. And you buy them. There's a chunk of vine there. They're connected. They're still alive. Yeah. You, I feel I, I feel like they're better tomatoes. But they're not. I feel like they are. You feel like they are. Yeah. But they're not. I feel like they are. You feel like they are, but they're not. Yeah, they're not like those pink styrofoam ones. Yeah, but those are unripe. They're different kinds of tomatoes, number one. Okay. Right, those the ones you're talking about, which I'm a hundred percent sure you're talking about, like mm-hmm. the Roma tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so Roma tomatoes are what are called a paste tomato, and no, not the Roma. The Romas are just like an egg shaped one, right? Yeah, but when you say pink, that a lot of times you get them unripe, especially in the winter time because they're coming from Florida. Yeah, but that's just because they're not ripe. Anyway, guys, these tomatoes, I pay more for them gladly, mm-hmm. gladly. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a touch of nature left in them, mm-hmm. they're still they're still live and a thrive. They're uh, a, they're if <laughs> that's your slogan, that needs <laughs> some I, work. I have no slogans. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, right. So 
I thought about that. They cost a lot more. I don't care. So I looked up living vegetables. And you can already get some, right? So you can get, like, lettuce. And you've seen it. It's got a little sandwich bag with a rubber band yep. at the bottom holding yep. the roots together. That's what. You, it's the only way you can buy watercress. Yeah. Only way you can buy watercress. Uh, right? So that exists, but I think they've done a pretty poor job of it. Right? They're, in my eye... This soggy plastic bag at the bottom of a lettuce, its you're not sexing up that lettuce. You're no. making it grosser, right? You're making it look lame. Yeah. Right? Good idea. Bad implementation. So this is what you're going to do. And, and, and this, is, this is ready to roll today. If you're a construction guy or something like that, you you can get you can you can snag all this stuff. Do it. So what you're gonna do is you know those machines when they resurface the roads, yeah, and they come down and they basically scrape off the top six inches of road, mm-hmm. goes back in the truck, and then they do whatever they remulch <clears throat> it and then they put it back down. Mm-hmm. So oh, is that how that works? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you're gonna get one of those machines. And you're going to go to a farm with it. And you're going to scrape off the top layer of soil, however deep it needs for that particular vegetable. Mm -hmm. But instead of throwing it in the back and mulching it up, you're going to keep that intact Mm -hmm. like, like like a piece of sod. But it's farm dirt with vegetables in it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to stack them up in pallets. And you're going to ship them to grocery stores. And they're going to take these sod things, basically, of dirt with so it's vegetables. It's wrapped, right? It's just they're open. So I, they're I, still I, planted. I, I was just going to say, I get where you're going with this. And, and you, can, you, you can, can put them on shelves. Yeah. You can put them on the ground. You can pick your and own. You can go out at Whole Foods, pick your own vegetables. Ah, that's a great if idea. If you don't want to, you can just walk up and say, that one, that one, that one. And someone runs and picks them for you. You power wash them, get the dirt off. Oh, that's a great idea, man. You sell them for big bucks. Mm-hmm. And you make a lot of money. Yeah, no. And people e- are eating fresher stuff. And then you take that dirt. You're not depleting the dirt. You take you that send dirt, it send back, it back to the farm. Send it back to the farm. Yeah. Uh, or you can sell it as a, a, a potting soil. You could. But then you're going to end up with big nowhere to grow food. <laughs> what? We we need dirt in the farms. The farms have plenty of dirt. They're making all they're making their own uh, mulch all the time. They're yeah. making their own, you know, they're not running out of fucking dirt. That's not an issue. Yeah. I mean, you can send it back if you want or you can if you choose sell it as potting soil. Yeah. It will get bought up, you know, like it's straight from the farm. Yeah. Your vegetables just grew in that. Yeah. And you don't have to bend over to pick them. No, you can They're you can have on it all. Pallets right there. It's not going to take a lot for you to pull them out. You're literally just going to p- sort of pull them out and shake them off. Yep. No, I, I think that's a great. I idea. I think that's a great idea. I think yeah. it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I hope so. And and you could make huge. You you can charge so much more. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, it takes up a lot of shelf space, so they're going to have to charge more for it. It will take up a the little travel more. Travel time is going to be. But the other beauty of it is, 
once uh, 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 you know you remove a fruit from from the tree uh-huh. or a vegetable from the earth and pull up its root bed, uh, it's not ripening anymore. It's lower, yeah. No, it's actually in the process of decay. Okay, it starts the decay process. Okay, that's just what happens. Um, and because of travel times, they pull fruit from the vine, mm-hmm. off the tree, from the earth, and vegetables, I should say, uh, well before it's ripe. Okay. They yeah. gas it to change the color, make it happen quicker. Mm-hmm. But it's the reason why when you buy something in a supermarket, it's never as good as something picked fresh off the tree Sure, the day it's ripe. Yeah. If you leave stuff in the earth with the nutrients still going, watering it or whatever, until someone comes and picks it out, yeah. you're just going to have a better tasting product. Sure. You're, you are literally allowing people to have farm fresh vegetables yeah. uh, whenever they want them. Yeah. You know what? A couple weeks ago, I was at the Union Square <clears throat> Farmer's Market, mm-hmm. and they had booth after booth with all the same stuff, basically. Yeah. The reason I picked the booth I got my stuff at is because it smelled like dirt. Mm. It smelled like soil. Mm. The other ones didn't smell like anything, and this booth just walking past it. It smelled like you were walking past a pile of soil. Is that how you pick your girlfriends? <laughs> Roam around graveyards? Oh, this one smells most like soil, and yeah. then just start digging? Then I get the bolts and wait for an electric storm. You freak. I'm going to say, it's alive! Right. It's alive! <laughs> <laughs> Noel. Yeah. Produce. Produce. I'm going to get on a horse, a high horse that I've been on before on this show. All right. I've spoken about ugly produce okay. before. Okay, yeah, you have. So you reminded me <laughs> before we came downstairs. Uh, the conversation actually went <clears throat> like this. Josh goes to me, do you have anything about ugly ugly fruit? And I go, no, but you've done it before. Oh, well, I'm building on it then. <laughs> I mean, I am because this is the thing. It is not. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's not the same thing as I asked you. What did I do? I think, uh-huh. and you said something about just selling it. I yeah. said, okay. Well, I've. I'm expanding that. Okay. So as I've said in the past, fifty percent of American produce is left to rot in the fields or thrown away or used for feed. Perfectly good stuff. Why? Because of our need for perfect looking fruits and vegetables. Yeah. It's not just in America though. of all British produce. Uh, There's a large portion of French and Italian, but they've been on the ugly produce train for a while now, selling them in stores for less money. Uh So what did I say? Sell it for less. I think I may have even said create CSAs, where because they're trying to unload this shit and they unloaded it like a dollar a pound, Mm -hmm. you could pass on great savings for really good produce. Yeah. Well... Someone obviously heard oh, yeah. our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a movement. The, it is a movement. And there are several companies doing this online right now. Mm-hmm. Companies like Imperfect Produce, Hungry Harvest, mm-hmm. buying up all the ugly fruits and veg, passing it on. Kroger's, yeah. the national supermarket chain, is going to start ugly uh, start offering ugly produce at a 30% discounted price. Yeah. <clears throat> amazing. Yeah. But how do we get it to a wider audience? 
how do you make money off of this now? Okay. Why no one's thought of this is beyond me. Okay. Canned fruits and vegetables. Yeah. You don't need it to be pretty. It probably already is that stuff. They don't. Really? Yeah. Really? They do not. Oh, wow. If that's true... Then you Let just made a billionaire. They don't. They don't expressly use that stuff. You but get what should. I'm saying? But they should expressly use that stuff. I, I, I would have never guessed that they don't intentionally use that stuff. They, they don't necessarily. They will not. You know, for a lot of their things, for instance, like if you buy canned new potatoes, mm-hmm. um, they will not use ugly, ugly vegetables. But in my mind is, it's like just put them through it like a thing that shapes them. You know what I mean? So you have, you know, so it's just all the same. Oh yeah, size. The, the potatoes for sure, because you can do it just right. like baby carrots. There's no exactly. such thing as a baby exactly. carrot. Exactly, that carrot is a manufactured is a... product. Exactly, um, but they will use whatever comes their way. But their stuff is a giant mix of ugly stuff as well as stuff that would be on the shelves in the market. Mm-hmm. And I say. You start yeah. a company where you're using a hundred percent ugly. One hundred. You will be paying so much less, so much than the major canners are. Yeah, and then you can provide it at a discounted price. Yeah, a quality product at a discounted price to areas that are underserved. Theoretically, you know, inner city areas uh, 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 that have what they call uh, 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 supermarket deserts, mm-hmm. um, and Offer them good product in a can yeah. for a lot less and make a fortune off of it mm-hmm. on top of that. So that's what I meant by building on that. Yeah. So there you go. And here's another one. Okay. Because my first one. You know what the motto could be? What? It's never too ugly to stick it in the can. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about that motto is how long it is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's something you used when you would like sort of explain your poor <laughs> sexual partner choices. <laughs> when you were younger and, and everyone was like, oh man, no, you slept with her and you're like, hey. Never too ugly to stick it in the can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was reading. Mm-hmm. And while I knew that California produced a good amount yeah the majority of our produce in this country crazy i didn't realize how much okay it is 90 percent of the produce consumed in this country yeah is 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 in california that's crazy there are several items that are essentially by all indicators but basically meaning like 99 percent or more only produced in California. Sure, yeah. Think, uh, 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 most of the nuts, almonds, uh, 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 pistachios, walnuts, mm-hmm. uh, almost entirely 99-plus percent mm-hmm. produced in California. Basically, if California didn't produce them, Oof. it would be an import item here from another country. Yeah. Um, grapes for raisins. Yeah. Raisins, that particular grape that's used for raisin, 100% essentially. Yeah. California. Can you imagine a childhood without raisins? No. What the fuck would raisin brand be? It would just be brand, and we all know how gross that shit is. Boom. Uh, figs. Yeah. Kiwi fruits. Yeah. Olives. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clingstone peaches. Apparently, 
which I was shocked about because I feel like most fucking peaches in the Northeast are coming from Jersey and Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they're all Clingstone. But apparently, like, 99% of the country supply of Clingstone peaches coming from California. What's a Georgia peach? Georgia peach is uh, mostly a freestone. But again, California still supplies the bulk of all peaches. Okay. But the 99% of... Uh, of Clingstone peaches are mm-hmm. coming from California. Yeah. I think it's something like sixty percent of freestone peaches are coming from California. That you know, I gotta say, that is one thing when I go to California. I love the fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Well it's incredible. Yeah. It is the bread basket of this country. Yeah, it is. Um dairy, yeah. Sixty six percent. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't guess that. It's an enormous amount of dairy. Huh. Not uh, the meat is coming from the middle of our country. Yeah. And the southwest and, and Nebraska Wyoming, all those places, Montana, that's where all the meat's coming from. But most of the dairy, almost all of our vegetables and fruits coming from California. Okay. Well, California is derided by so much of America. Mm -hmm. It's probably the bluest state in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a booming economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yet, our government... Our president hate California. <laughs> yep. yep. Can't stand California. Can't stand them. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying you're going to do. Okay. You're going to take one person to do this. One person. You are going to get California to secede. All right. From the nation. Uh-huh. <clears throat> creating a separate country state. Uh-huh. Then you are going to negotiate uh-huh. with the rest of the country ridiculous prices yeah for your fruits and vegetables yep because they can't live without it can't live with them can't Can't live without them live without it yeah you are going to get just a taste of this what i guarantee you will be hundreds of billions of dollars of revenue coming into the state Mm -hmm. you'll get your percentage Mm -hmm. and you'll be a rich person and you'll never be without Almonds and artichokes and dates for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, I can tell you who the one person that's going to get them to break off is, but I don't think they're going to profit off it. Who's that? Trump. <laughs> He's well, the one person that's going to be responsible for California being like, well, that's what I'm saying. I this. mean, that's sort of my thing. It's like yeah. you're going to be the person that starts this process because, and everyone's going to, in California, going to go for it because of Trump. Yeah. But, you know, he's not going to profit from it. Yeah. You are. So there you go. Yeah. Hey, you guys, if you are out in. California, perhaps, and you want to run some vegetable ideas past Josh, uh, you can get him on Twitter at GRQ Josh Knoll. Uh, if you want to sex up your vegetables by uh, seeing Noel shove them up his butt, <laughs> you can uh, email him at GRQ with Josh Knoll at gmail.com. That's right. If you just want to send Josh a picture of your butt, you can do it on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Knoll. You can go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, anywhere you get a podcast. Uh, if you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you tune in Saturday nights, eight o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. The scheme's five days for everyone else. Tune in early, listen to Art Star Scene, stick around afterwards, listen to It's All Nice on Ice and Hellwave. You guys have a lot of money in your pocket right now, and you need something to do with it. Josh, he figured out what you should do. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The world's largest cut diamond was found in 1905 at a mine in South Africa and named after its owner, Kolanan. 
This treasure weighed 3,106 carats, or 621 grams, with a value no less than 10 to 12 million dollars. A huge amount of money at that time. So that diamond, which was worth 12 million dollars at that time, yep. got split into two because there were some faults in it uh -huh. and cracks. And in the splitting, some there were some smaller diamonds popped off. Uh -huh. but two major diamonds. One of those two major diamonds, which apparently the guy who was like tasked with with cutting this uh -huh. diamond, yeah, separating it into two, uh, was so nervous about this process he actually passed out several times Ugh. while like sitting there ready sure. to do the first strike. But then he also cut it. One of the diamonds uh, uh, is worth over two billion dollars now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's in the head of the scepter of uh, uh, the Prince of Wales. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a Prince worth, Charles. Worth $2 billion. Wow. That's fantastic. Get it, guys. Uh, you, Our ideas are great. How do you know that they're worth, like Daniel Ali would recommend, taking out loans? Don't listen to that money. How do you know that you can invest in it? It's because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes, guy. Josh. Where do these rules come from this hey, week? Hey, still coming from How to Be a Successful Businessman, 50 Rules of Entrepreneurship. All right. When you got a winner, stick, stick with it. Stick with it. Yeah. Uh, Noel. Yeah. Kiss a lot of frogs. Kiss a lot of frogs. That's right. You guys, is gonna you're going to have to kiss some ugly fruit if you want to get it in the can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noel. Yeah. Know how to negotiate. Know how to negotiate. You're gonna break off California. You're gonna you're gonna renegotiate all the trade deals, right? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to negotiate with uh, <clears throat> Google and all the companies that want real time info about the people who ate these micro RFID chips. That's right. Noel. Yes. When you borrow money. Yeah. Borrow. Big bucks. That's right. Borrow big bucks because you're going to need some big bucks to get yourself some of those road scraping machines, scrape up those crops, move them to Whole Foods, put them on a shelf, and let people pick their own vegetables. That's right. And finally, Noel. And finally. Success in, so in selling uh -huh. is smiling and dialing. <laughs> really is not pertinent to anything that we've discussed today. But, I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah, it that's is. Success that's everything. Yeah, no, that was four for four. Yeah. And we could have gone on because these bad boys are rock solid. Uh, so we're getting rich. So once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place.